Russ and Kim, would you come? Man, thank you, Pastor Brian Brent. Thank you for your prayers for Kim over the last several months. We thank God. And during this time, she's been having uh, just great encounters with the Lord. So she's going to come and share two of those encounters. And then Pastor Brian has asked me to come and to declare and decree what God is speaking over our lives. So open your hearts to what God has. Kim, please. It is so good to be here with y'all. I mean, I see the word home whenever we're here. Even though we go all over the world, home is here. And I love that. And so, I don't know exactly what's happening to me. I've been having prophetic dreams since the, about 1989. But these are different the last few months. And you know how sometimes it is in the hardest, worst times in your life that God just shows up big time? That's kind of what's happening to me. I was in, a, I was in a, a room at the hospital, and I heard the doctors talking about my leg was necrotic. And you know what that means, what they have to do. And all these things. And I heard the devil. I was so weak and in so much pain. And I heard the devil say this, I'm taking you out, and nobody can do a thing about it. And at that moment, I was too weak to fight. And then I heard God still small voice. It wasn't the audible voice that I've heard on seven occasions. This was a still small voice. And he says, Kim, lay your hand on your leg. And I put my hand on that swollen purple black mess. It didn't even look like a leg. And he said these three words, feel the prayers. That's what he said. Feel the prayers. And all of a sudden, my spirit just rose up with me because I knew you guys were praying for me. And people all over the world were praying. I wasn't going to be taken out. No way. So thank you for interceding. I'm alive and I have my leg. You remember when I was here in January, I had you say, taste and see the Lord is good. 75% so far of her taste has been restored since that time. And then we prayed as well and declared over her, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so step by step, the strength of the Lord. So keep praying so she can keep feeling the prayers. <laughs> you guys are more important than you know. Well, you know, here all that was like, one of the worst times of my life. And all, the old Charles Dickens book says it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Both together. I don't know what God is doing. I'm not eloquent about this up here. I like to have things a little more polished. But God is doing something in me that is so real and so different than anything I've ever experienced after all these years of ministry. All of a sudden, I'm not just having prophetic dreams, which I'm so used to. The Lord himself in person is walking into my dreams. It is mind-blowing when the Lord walks in. He always looks the same when he comes into my dreams. 
He has a white robe on that is gorgeous. It is the whitest white you could ever see, yet it also sparkles with every color you can think of, kind of like looking at a gorgeous uh, opal maybe. You know how there's color sparkles throughout an opal? That's what it looks like. And his face, I can't even describe it. It's so beautiful and so kind and so loving. But I'm going to share. I've had several of these incidents, and I stand in awe because I know it's not about me at all. I know me. This is just a God thing. But I'm going to share a couple of these things. But I want you to realize that since you are our home here, these words are for you. God is going to do something. Do you guys feel it? You are on the brink of something so big here, so big. It's like you can taste it. It's so much. Well, the first one I'm going to share is this. I was standing in a field, actually a courtyard more, and there were as far as the eyes can see groups of children from infants to maybe in their 20s, groups of kids everywhere. And Jesus himself started narrating what I was seeing. Hey, that's pretty cool when you don't have to figure it out, and God just tells you. He says, the groups I am showing you, Kim, represent my sons and daughters. These are my kids. And I thought then the Lord was showing me all these different groups as far as the eye can see in the courtyard. They were different churches, different churches here or there. Maybe even some denominations were one group. Maybe another stream were here. So they were all separated little groups all over this courtyard as far as the eye can see. And the Lord says, I want you to go and observe. And so I walked up as he directed me to four different groups. I walk up to a first group of these kids, and there's an older teenage boy, and he is trying to teach this group, this big group of kids, and a lot of them are quite a bit younger than him. He's trying to get them to get the program down pat and to get every word right and so they can do it perfectly, their program. And yet the kids out there are being kids, and they're elbowing each other, goofing off, and not learning their lines right. And they are not doing their thing. And the boy's getting madder and madder about this. And finally, he just yells at him. He just lost it all. He just yells at all these kids about them not paying attention and not doing what they're supposed to do. And he yells at them. Now the kids are all crying. They're not all goofing off. They're all crying now. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, okay. And then the Lord directed me to a group to the far side of the right of the courtyard. And I walk over there. And there was a group of kids of all ages, and they were in a circle, and they were doing like what looked like a Jewish dance. That's kind of what it looked like. But it seemed like the biggest thing that they were working on was not stomping on each other's toes. Because every time they'd go around in their circle, they'd try to get their steps down just perfect, but they'd end up stepping on each other's toes. And then one fell and they all fell down. And then they're all mad at each other. Some of them are punching each other because they stepped on their toes. I'm thinking, wow, okay. And then the Lord directs me to a third group. Now, these group, this group is more um, older kids. And all these older kids, they look like um, they have just sucked on dill pickles. They are so miserable looking. I mean, these, these kids, 
they don't have a happy bone in their body, it looks like. And they are so somber, and I realize why as I'm listening to the group. Now, they can't see me, but I listen to everything. And they're saying, I am so tired, sick and tired of cleaning up all the messes of the kids. How come I have to clean up all the messes in this place? And I even have to change some dirty diapers, which is just gross. I hate this job. They did their job, but very begrudgingly, there was no joy whatsoever in them doing their job. And I'm about ready to throw up my hands in the dream. I'm sound asleep, but I can still do that. Lord, are any of your kids happy? Are any of your churches actually working right? And then I go up to the last group I'll tell you about. I walk up to this group of kids, and there's a huge, long craft table set up. And I look on the craft table, and there are piles of popsicle sticks. And there's piles of globs of glue. And then I see jars of this glitter glue stuff, shiny bright colors, and even some watery paint of bright colors. I'm thinking, what are they doing with this? Now, this is kids of all ages standing there, and they're very intent on what they're trying to do. Each child is trying to build a popsicle stick church. That's what they're building. Nobody's building anything else but churches. And so they put those popsicle sticks together, and they pour on the glitter glue so it'll make it shiny and bright and colorful. And they would get right to the last two or three popsicle sticks, and you can probably guess what happened. It didn't stick right. One of them would start falling over. Then the other popsicle sticks would fall, and it was a pile of sticks now on the craft table. And the kids were crying because their church did not stick together. And some of these churches were quite fancy. They'd even put steeples on it. But even the steeples fell off. And even though they were kind of bright and shiny popsicle sticks with the glitter glue, it was just a popsicle stick church. Well, I am shaking my head in the dream as the Lord is showing me these things. And this is where he comes in in person. I heard his narration, but this is where he comes in. I'm nearly crying because I'm thinking, Lord, if this is your kids, it's a really sorry thing. And the Lord said, turn around, Kim. I turned around. And there was Jesus. He was sitting on a park bench, which seemed quite normal in a courtyard. And he's sitting there on his bench in the courtyard. And he motioned for me to come. The Lord himself in person motioned for me to come to him. I go over in his glorious robe and his kind face and everything. And I sat down next to Jesus on the park bench. And this is funny is because every time I've had an encounter with the Lord in the nighttime hours these last few months, this is what I always do. I try to snuggle up as close as I can get to the Lord. I'm literally almost sitting on his lap because I'm trying to get as close as possible. There is something when Jesus shows up in person in your dreams, you can't get enough of him. You want to just be enveloped by his presence. And that's where I was at. So I'm snuggled up next to him. But yet in this moment that should have been the most joyful moment of my life, something happened. All of a sudden, human thinking got in. And I thought, oh my, 
I have probably done something wrong these last few weeks. I don't know what it is. I have probably sinned somehow, and I just don't know it. I don't realize and remember what I did. I need to repent right now. What do I need to repent of? And I start going frantic about what do I need to repent of. I'm sitting in the presence of God Almighty, and all of a sudden my brain's going crazy. What do I need to do? What do I need to repent of? And then a thought goes through my mind, and it was so beautiful. I thought, he knows every single thought that has ever went through my brain. He knows every single intention of my heart, and yet he has called me to his presence to sit there with him. Now I realize that these other groups of kids, it's like they didn't experience the presence like I was experienced. They were doing their things that they were supposed to do in their little churches everywhere. And yet something was so off because the Lord showed me the key and the key was his presence. You all are called a church of his presence. And that is the key. You see, the kids then in the dream started coming up. The ones that were trying to learn their program and to get all the program down pat, they started coming up. The older teenage boy came up to Jesus. He was very respectful and reverent. And he said, oh, Lord, I think we've got the program down pat now. I don't think we're going to mess up too much now. Can we do the program for you? And the Lord was so kind with him. He says, sure. And so these kids, they get there and they stand in front of Jesus and they try to do their program and have every word just down right. And instead of the Lord saying, you know, there's something way better than learning this program, he looks at them and he goes, I see you've worked very hard on this. And I'm thinking, Lord, tell them, tell them that that's not what it's about. But he didn't do that. He was so kind. It's like the Lord will bless all the places doing their programs, doing their popsicle sticks. He'll bless them, but they won't have the better thing in his presence on the bench with him. And then the group came over, and they had been learning their dance, and they said, I don't think we're stepping on each other's toes quite as much now, Lord. Can we show you our dance? He goes, sure. And so these kids started dancing. Now, there were a couple times they did actually step on each other's toes, but they never fell down this time. And he says, I can see that you've really worked hard not to step on each other's toes. That's what he tells them. So kind. And then I watch as these kids, they're bringing the popsicle stick churches, and somehow some of them have stayed intact. I don't know how, but they're carrying really gingerly these Ginger, these, these, these houses or these, no, these churches with even some with steeples on them and they're carrying them real slowly to the Lord and saying, look at the church we made you, Jesus. It's sparkly. Do you see all the glitter on it? Do you see the bright colors we used? Look at it, Jesus. Look at it. It's not falling apart this time. And the Lord says this, I can see you have really worked hard on those churches doesn't say anything else. I'm just looking at the Lord. Like I said, I was nearly sitting on his lap. And I'm thinking, Lord, why don't you tell him that's not what it's about? But he didn't. The Lord will bless all these other people and places and churches. 
and they'll go through their thing, getting their program down, trying not to step on each other's toes, so kind of stepping back timidly a little bit, and even building up their churches. But what they don't realize, it is a popsicle stick church, really. It's not a real one. And yet, I'm sitting on the bench next to him. I felt like Mary. I had chosen the better thing. And that is the word to you guys here. Choose the better thing, church of his presence. Choose the better thing. It's not about the programs. It's not about stomping on each other's toes. And it's not about building popsicle stick churches or even cleaning up messes that you don't like. It's about Jesus and his presence. He gave me the key in that. And then he said two words before I woke up out loud. He looked at me with such a compassionate look on his face. When you look in the face of Jesus, you never want to look away. His eyes were so beautiful. And he said these words, just be. Those were the two words he said, just be. We've got to just be in his presence. All those other things will fall into place. But that is the key for that earth-shaking revival that we feel right on the brink of. It has to be his presence. It's not about that other stuff. So just be. In fact, it's been confirmed so many times. Somebody sent me a picture on Facebook, and I don't even do Facebook. And it was on Russ's account, and it was a park bench, and it had the words just be carved in it. I'm thinking, really? Wow. God is trying to really drill home that message. It's time to just be here, Victory, church of his presence. Well, let me tell you about the other one I'll tell you about tonight. I think it has to do, I think it fits in with what I just shared with you and what God showed me. But the second dream with Jesus himself in person walking in was this. It is a different night, by the way. It's not the same night, but this is what it was. I'm standing in a classroom at a big table, at a classroom table, but I'm not sitting. I am standing at attention, standing, not sitting at this table in a classroom. And I'm waiting for the teacher to come into the room. I look over to the side. And my teacher comes in, and it's Jesus. Jesus walks in the classroom. It's just me and him. And he stands right next to me at the table. And like I said, I try to snuggle up with Jesus anytime he comes in my dreams. And I'm snuggled up as close as I can get. I'm nearly standing on his feet this time. And I'm standing with Jesus. I look at his face, and his, faith is, his face is shining, shining glory. And his robe is sparkling, just like I had seen before. And the Lord lays out on the table in front of me a representation of the state of Florida. He didn't show me the whole United States or any of the other states. He just showed me Florida. Florida's laid out there. And I'm thinking, okay, as he's showing me Florida. And then he takes my hand and he gently puts it where it covers all of Florida. But then 
what makes the difference is then he takes his hand and he puts it on top of my hand and it's going into the state of Florida. And when his hand is on top of mine, it's like there's such a, a power that I couldn't do it without his hand there. I mean, it's like the power of everything you've ever experienced before flowing through your hand. And there's so much power and glory and miracles and revival that is pouring through his hand into my hand into the state of Florida. That's what's happening. And I leave my hand there. It actually is a little scary because there is so much power. It's like being in a hurricane and just staying there as the Lord's power just surges through me. But what is interesting is this, as well as the power and the glory and the revival... I also sense it's all wrapped up in a love of his presence. It's all wrapped up somehow in that, if that makes any sense to y'all. But it's all happening at the same time with his hand over mine, over the state of Florida. You guys are blessed. You live in Florida. I don't know exactly what God means by that, but it was incredible. In fact, as his hand was on top of mine, I, I started seeing these visions, and it, I couldn't see anything clearly like a, focusing on one thing, but it was like a huge picture album of the Lord. It just like going through it, these photo albums, and every scene I saw was revival that was earth-shaking and that was changing the whole landscape here. And miracles. And there's so many things that were happening. Somehow, Florida is going to be ground zero. If we, if we say, yes, it's not about the programs. It's not about worrying about stepping on each other's toes. It's not about cleaning up messes. And it's not about popsicle stick churches. It's about his presence. And if we get that key, he gave us the answer. If we stand there. And we say, yes, Lord, church of his presence. I believe we can be ground zero even in this actually local body. How many of y'all would like to, be, like to be ground zero? God has so much. Would you stand up with us? When God speaks prophetically, it's great to hear, but then we need to apply. Then we need to enter in. So would you with me lift a hand of acceptance to the invitation of the Lord? Father, we want to bring more than perfected programs. We want to bring more than beautiful dances. Lord, we want to do more than build popsicle stick churches that are outwardly glittery that would draw people's attention. Jesus, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love that in the midst of our efforts that fall short so often, in the midst, Lord, of our plans and programs, in the midst of our religion, in the midst of going through the motions, God, you see that in our hearts we truly do want to please you. And so, Lord, when we come to you with what little we have to offer, you are not rebuking us. You're accepting us. 
But Lord, there's an invitation that goes beyond the plan and the program and the popsicle stick. And that is your presence. There is an invitation. And so, Lord, out of Song of Solomon, we pray, draw us, Lord, and we will run after you. Invite us to sit at your side. Lord, let us snuggle in close to your presence. And as Kim experienced, when we come into your presence, and we sang it earlier tonight, it's not our performance. (laughs) It is not our ability to be accepted. It is the heart of the love of Jesus that draws us in. Lord, we desire to just be with you. And so, Lord, may we feel the tug of heaven. May we feel the love of God. For because you first loved us, we love you. And so may the love of heaven, may the hug of heaven draw us in individually and corporately. God, individually, may we know what it is to fall into the heart of Jesus. Lord, to live and move and have our being in you. Lord, as a corporate body, may we do all things out of your presence. Lord, we do not desire, and God, we embrace the purposes of God, but we will not be driven by purpose. We will be motivated by presence. And Lord, when we have your heart, you can entrust us with the authority of heaven. And so, Lord, out of that place of learning how to be in your presence, we place our hand on Florida. I want you to see that, if you will, in your mind's eye. See the map of Florida. See the word Florida. See the initials FL in front of you. And I want you with me, please, to prophetically see yourself placing your hand on the map of Florida. And God, we pray it is not our hand. It is not our gifting. It is not our calling. It is not our authority. It is you, Jesus. And so, Lord, as we place our hand on Florida, place your hand on top of our hand. For we are the ecclesia. We are the people of God. We are the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. And as we place our hand on Florida, we declare the hand of God now to be released over this state. Lord, we come into agreement and we prophetically declare and apostolically decree. May the touch of the hand of God, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors, and teachers, raising up the entire body of Christ throughout this state. We declare the fire of God throughout Florida, the miracles, the revival, the awakening of God. May Florida, which is shaped like a key and has an area called the keys, may Florida be a key to unlock the gate that the King of glory may be released throughout our nation and to the nation of the earth. And so, Lord, out of your presence, there is coming release of power. So, Lord, we declare it, we decree it, we come into agreement, and we surrender ourselves to it for the honor and the glory of your name. Would you begin to decree kingdom of God come, will of God be done in Florida and to the nation. So, Lord, we decree it one more time, kingdom of God come. Say it with me, kingdom of God come. Will of God be done in Florida.
to the nation and the nations for the honor and the glory of the name of Jesus. Now give your praise to the Lord. Lift up a shout to the Lord. God, we thank you for the kingdom of God on earth as it is.